Hi, I'm David Clark, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. And no, Lee Gillis with us this week. He sent us a really weird message this morning. I didn't quite understand it. Something about the Duke of York and he he said, no sweat, I'm in a Pizza Express. I, I, I didn't understand it all. But yeah, I just think he doesn't want to be part of our end of season special. But that that's fair enough. We'll get into all of that. We'll roast him as the show goes on. But before we get into any of that, let's hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. Thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and John W. Gilbertson, solicitors out of Glenrothes, for their continued support over the season. Are we going to continue to support the team for the rest of the season? Because it's looking dire now with five games to go. You were both at the game yesterday. Let's start with the sober one of the two of you that was at the game. Where did it all go wrong, Gordon? Well, um, I think it all went wrong between the 61st and 75th minute. Um Actually, I mean, we weren't great, but I thought we were doing all right in the first half. We weren't really making chances, but we were kind of in the game, and you're like, "All right, you know, this is this is okay. It's kind of what we've come to expect a little bit um, since we've improved a little bit." Um, and it just 15 minutes of the second half just completely fell apart. Um, considered a soft goal. Um, Four minutes later, considered a penalty. Ten minutes later, took a goal that took a bit of a deflection, but it was so flat. I mean, I think you know after that first goal goes in, you just have this feeling like we're not, you know, we're not good at coming back. We're not good at coming, um, you know, coming from behind. And when the second goal goes in, you're like, no, nah, that's it. 
I mean, and it just it just felt very flat. I think everyone had this feeling of, well, that's the game gone, and that's probably the season gone as well. Yeah. Doug, you were lucky. You were in hospitality. You got to drown your sorrows during, well, I was going to say during the game. They don't let you drink during the game, do they? No, sadly not. Uh, I, um, maybe, maybe that'll be a big selling point if they let you do that. I know. Well, I, I think there's a legality thing there, but I I was the only one of our 12 who ventured out into the stands to watch the game. To watch the game, everyone else just stayed in the room. Um, no, it was, um, yeah, it just it felt like the final nail in the coffin yesterday. Um, just, I, I don't know, I don't know if we had a shot on target against Clyde. I was trying to look at that, but I, I, we definitely yeah, did it yesterday. It may well have been two games in a row without a shot and goal. And to be honest, we never looked like scoring. I mean, I, it just seemed the sort of game we could have played for days and not scored. Their centre-halves, I thought, were actually very good. But a stroll in the park for them, really. And I just thought, yeah, I just thought all of them were... There was times in that second half where it was like watching a championship team against a League Two team. There was a, I thought there was a huge gulf, mainly after they you know, took the lead and whatnot. But just that spell, they were, they were just better than us, sadly. Yeah, they... I watched both sets of highlights. I watched the Aloha ones. I was just saying to you guys before we recorded. I watched the Aloha ones. There wasn't much East Fife in it, so I thought, oh, typical biased editing. Let me watch the East Fife ones. Oh, yeah, there's not much of East Fife in the East Fife ones either. Crawford said that they more than matched Aloha in the first half and they competed with them in the first half. And to be fair, they did. There wasn't anything in it at half time because I, I, I knew what the score was. But I hadn't actually looked to see when the goals were. So I'm watching it play out and I'm like, how the fuck have we lost this 3-0? And yeah, that second half, as as you said, Gordon, that's 10, 15 minute spell. Alawa could have had more than three goals in it. That's that's the scary thing. Because we just we just stopped playing, it felt. And Crawford said afterwards he wanted to still go for it and he'll take all the flack for that. And they had to go for it. But they were lucky to just come away on the end of a 3-0 in that regard. But let's let's delve into something else before we get into some of the other bits of the game. How many penalties should East Fife had? There, there's <laughs> three up for debate. I I'm, think saying, two, I'm saying two. Two definitely. Uh, the middle one. The yeah. Denham's first shout is the one that I might, you know, it looked like he went down a little bit easy. But the first one and the third one, definite penalties for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that first one, Durnham, it's a clear elbow. Yeah. And yeah. Denham's, oh, who, it was Connell. Connell. Yeah. Elbin Connell's face. And it's right in front of the referee. I don't know yeah. how he misses that. What more do you have to do? I, I think it was the fact that. Durnan's had a wee look, you know, as in, you know, when the ball's come in, he knows exactly where Connell is. So it's not like a, it's not like he's just put his arm out to kind of, you know, as they sometimes do, he's elbowed him in the face. There's a movement, definitely, you know. I mean, the only thing I can think, maybe, maybe Connell's reputation is someone who goes down a bit easily, maybe doesn't help. I don't know in these sort of situations, but look, there wasn't much more he could do. It was a, 
Maybe it's just too small. Maybe that's the argument. I, I think most yeah. of us would have probably gone down to an elbow to the face. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think the, yeah, I mean, the denim one in the second half the, was the third, well, the third shot. Total was stone Absolutely. I, I was saying before, I, I was right in line with it. I just burst out laughing when I realised he booked him for diving because you're just like, how could you see that as a diving? No, he got booked for descent, it seems. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. It didn't even look like he was going that mental. You know, he had a little bit of a kind of arms up and, you know. I, I think, I think he was just kind of laugh, laughing about it as well. Yeah. It, the, the middle one, I'm not sure about. I do feel he went down a bit easy. But at the same time, there was contact. It, it was a bit like, you know, like two players sort of coming together a bit. Denim's the one that went down. But I, I didn't feel it was an obvious foul. You know, like, yeah. looking back on it, not getting that penalty, I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, you see them giving, but I'm probably not giving it. But for me, the first and the third ones were well, absolute the, definites. The first one's a game changer because it comes four minutes in. Yeah. yeah. And we just don't know how anything would have played out after that. And I, I don't want to sit here and go, oh, that's what cost us the game because there's certainly other things that, that cost us the game. But that it's a game changer. There's no way of looking at it. It it changes how both teams then approach the game. We might have gone into our shell a little bit, mind you. Yeah. Or we could have come out and really pushed to try and get a second. That would I mean for us, particularly for us, because we see it so often that the first goal matters massively to us. You know, if we can get that first goal, um, you, you know, you have that bit of confidence. If we don't get that first goal. You feel like we're going to lose. We've seen it so many times this season. Not not so much in the past few months, but maybe we're in a game, we're playing all right, we can see the goal and then kind of crumble. And it was back to that a little bit yesterday. But that would have been absolutely massive for us, That getting a goal in the first half, for the first five minutes. Yeah, because our, our goals have been very few and far between. I wrote some stats down that we'll, we'll come to in a little bit. But there was no shots on target through the 90 minutes for us. Aloha had seven. We only had four shots in total throughout the whole game. Their keeper had an easy day out. Uh, it was a beautiful day. He could just sit and enjoy the view. It, it seemed lovely. How how cold was it? It seemed a beautiful sunny day. It was, very nice. it was typical Bayview though, as in there was far too many people in shorts and t-shirt who, who by full time were regretting that decision definitely. It was nice. I felt sorry. Felt sorry for the stand side linesman who was in shadow oh. the whole game. And I thought, I bet, his, I bet his counterpart on the other side was loving it. He's coming um, out. He's coming with a tan. He's like, oh, it's like tropical weather out there. And he's like, oh, I've got hypothermia. I, I must say, just going back to the penalty shouts. Obviously, the, the first one especially makes a huge difference in the game. There's no doubt about that because it might have been a red card as well. You know, if you if you spot that for what it is, but I I think that masks how much they were better than us. I thought, really. Well, I mean, even I just, in the first half where we held our own, they were the team that were doing all the pressure. And the only thing I've written down from the first half was that Swanson chance that kind of went into the side netting. It was just a half chance, really. But my my comment from the first half was wasn't bad. So that that was my positive to take from it. It felt like one of these halves were like, if you judge it by chances created, yes, Aloha were by far the better team. 
if you just judge it on sort of like general play and possession and that, it, it felt very even because we were just weren't creating chances. So if you if you look at it on chances created, yeah, Alawa were well ahead, but um, it didn't feel the first half certainly didn't didn't feel to me like we were getting kind of outclassed or anything. It felt felt very even. Um, second half is obviously a very different story. Yeah, I mean, the, the first big thing in the second half was that penalty shout on, on Denham, but yeah, I, it's, I I don't have too much disagreement with that. But then the 62nd minute, Alloa went 1-0 up. Kevin Corley, one of three wide-open players in the box as the ball comes over. The first guy tries to flick it and misses it. Corley, wide acres of room, and even if he'd missed it, Howie was behind him in wide acres of space so someone was going to put that away it was just it was like the what you see in the in the playground everyone just goes towards the ball at one point it was shocking it was pure pure panic and and you had seven East Fife players in the box and you know basically you had two guys at the back post completely unmarked so I think the only thing you can think of is it's kind of just that panic where it's like, oh, oh, shit, we need to get the ball, we need to get the ball, and everyone just goes for it. But even the actual final finish, I mean, Collie takes a poor touch. Yeah. And then nobody goes out to win it. Like, that was your chance to, like, you know, go get the ball, son. And just, I don't know who it was, but sat off it, um, you know, and, and he pokes it in. And it was just such a crappy goal to lose, especially when you've got that many people in the box. But we... It reminded me of one we lost to Clyde, if not last week, but the last time at Broadwood, there was a goal like that where there was like eight East Five players and two of them and nobody's marking, which is you know, communication, whatever it might be. But it was, uh, yeah, it felt like a wee panic. It felt like certainly not the first goal like that that we've given up. And I can't be arsed to sit and watch all the goals back again, but it would be, if someone wanted to do that, it'd be nice to see how many goals we've given up to a wide-open man in the box, because it feels like it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's just that thing of, you know, everybody, it's just like exactly like you say, like that playground thing. Everyone goes towards the ball at the, the kind of near post, and for all the bodies we've got in there, we still we still can't touch the ball. You know, the, the, it was it was a sort of long ball. Um, they win the header. Flickon goes to one of their players, and you know it's just this mess until it eventually gets put across our goal face. But we don't touch the ball. You know, from the from first to last, I don't think any five player gets a touch. So we've got all these players on one area. Aloha still managed to get through that, and because all our players are on one side of the box, we've got like one versus three on the other. It was just very, very poor. It, it just talking about it just now just reminded me something that they did at, at half time here in a couple of games was a, a hundred versus two. So it was two first team guys that weren't playing and a hundred school kids, and you all the school kids would just go to the ball. Yeah, like, you're like play mark, the zombies. <laughs> mark the guy that doesn't. Twenty of you mark the guy that doesn't have the ball, but no, they just all go to the one yeah. that does. Yeah. Ball. yeah. Four minutes later, it was pretty much game over. Uh, the penalty we touched on it. Skugel went down. Skugel got up. Skugel put it home. At least Smith went the right way. I'm trying to find some positives 
from from this game. Smith at least guessed right, but that, it was over by that point. There was there was no coming back. Uh, oh. you, you you felt it in the crowd as well. I mean, it just literally as soon as that penalty was awarded, not even scored, the whole place just went so flat. Um, Skugel, who was probably the best player in the park, really good, really good wee player. Um, I, I kind of remarked, which is maybe a wee bit harsh, but he kind of reminded me of like what a Danny Swanson would have been maybe seven or eight years ago. Do you know what I mean? That kind of, you know, skillful, creative, quite quick, you know, small guy, low centre of gravity, and he just he just bossed it. it uh, Mercer got stuck kind of the wrong side of him, and it's one of those, you know, a striker or player will always kind of go down when they, when they get that opportunity in that situation. Yeah. So I think it was it would probably be in this sort of semi-soft bracket, but I, I, I think it was a penalty. Yeah, I, I, I've looked at it. I can't see where the contact takes place, so it's probably a little clip of the ankle. Everyone appealed yeah. for it, so... I mean, I'm, I'm sure the like referee got it right. I mean, the referee couldn't get four penalty decisions wrong in a game. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm saying it was game over then. Obviously, well, first of all, Aloha nearly got a third, but then we went up the pitch and then there was that stonewall penalty. If it had been 2-1, again, we'll never know what that could have done because you're right back in it. All of a sudden, we just go for it. Didn't come. Then it was 3-0 in the 76th minute. Deflected effort kind of just sums everything up, really, for from his five season. Smith probably would have had the first one that takes a deflection, flies over him. Ah, it was just ridiculous, especially. I mean, by the time that goal went in, when I was at the game, you're just a bit like, all right, of course. Of course it's 3-0. Just easy goal. You look back at it in the highlights and it takes a ridiculous deflection. I think it smashes an aloe player in the head. Yeah, I was going to say it's their it's their <laughs> only other player in the box. Yeah, it could have gone it's anywhere. Just, so, and yeah. it just flies in the top uh, corner. And and you know what? When you're at the game, obviously your you know emotions are whatever a little higher and more intensified because you're there. And even when you're talking about it now, look, we weren't good. We were really poor. I thought yesterday. But when you when you think of that old phrase of when you, you know when you're down the bottom, you don't get the breaks. I mean, if ever there's a game to properly hit home that statement it's uh it was yes you know we're, we're we're now saying two blatant penalties deflected goal all that sort of stuff it just sometimes it's just not your day yeah and it's not taken away from the fact that we're a crap team because no. we're, we're a crap team the, the stats very much say that i i just it doesn't it didn't feel like it was a three goal game like when i saw the the score when I woke up, I was like, fuck, we got absolutely gubbed. Then I watched the highlights and it's like, well, they had a lot of pressure, but Jude Smith didn't really have a, a lot to do, apart from pick the ball out but, in it three times. But they were, but I mean, I think just technically and how they attacked, I just thought they were miles better than us in the main. I mean, I know like it was nil nil at half time and there was nothing hugely in it, but they were the better team. Oh, yeah. Without yeah, they had and, way and more I, pressure. Yeah, again, we've talked about it before, but it really hits home how little we have up front and, again, how little we have in terms of physicality. Because, look, I'm not a huge Conor Salmon fan. I think he used to be a very good player. But he's good in the air. He wins wins headers, lays things off. Yeah, he rises like Salmon. 
He absolutely does. Occupies centre half's minds, if, if nothing else, you know, they've got somebody to deal with. We just don't have anything. I mean, honestly, if there was ever a game to show, and, and obviously you, you, you immediately go to, we didn't have Ryan Wallace. And it shows, yeah. you know, we've all been frustrated with him this year in many ways as well, but it shows without him, we've, we've literally got nothing. Well, I, I wrote down some frankly terrifying starts. I, I just went back to the start of the year for a lot of this, but we've had two goals in our last four games. So that's four games where we're, we've got ourselves back into it and we really could go and avoid relegation. And we've managed to score two goals. We've been blanked in three of the last four. To me, that's shocking. We've only actually scored in four of our last 13 games, which goes we just, back to the start of the year. Yeah, we just do not look like a team that carries any threat. No. Now, I mean, the two goals are against Dumbarton, who are, you know, as bad as us right now, if not even worse. Um, but, you know, we just even in that game, it's not like we looked like a team that were really dangerous. You know, we we were the better team. We scored a couple of goals, but we didn't look like this sort of really dangerous team, and we just never have yeah. this season. We, we've, yeah. I, I was going to say, since the start of the year, we've scored seven. Three of those were against Alloa, two was against Dumbarton, and one, I believe, was an own goal against Queens Park. And I, I'm still, I'm, I'm still waiting on a. Uh... Young Lee Gillis's prophecy of someone's going to take a doing from us. Peter <laughs> 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 Head in the think, second last game of the season when it yeah, I, I, I think the, the twice that he said that there's been a sort of astonishment from us. Going, really? But, but you know, fair play, fair play. I'll kick him. I'll kick him because he's not here. He d- he didn't say what year. He that is what uh, he'll, that. He'll, oh, he'll cling with that. That's that's very true. But uh, some other stats. So we had that four-game unbeaten run where I got carried away. I'll admit it. I don't know why the fuck I did. When you look at some of these other stats and what's happened since. But 10 points taken from the last 39. That is relegation material. There's no way a team is... We shouldn't even be within four points at this point. No. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't be. And... I think most seasons, if you pick up the kind of points that we have, you know, you're you're not even in with a shout by now. I think because you've you've kind of had this weird. Like usually, League One is really tight from top to bottom. Mm. Like maybe someone runs away with it. Maybe someone is complete shit. But you've got you've kind of had this top half, bottom half this season. So the teams at the bottom have got probably lower points totals than most years. So with what 20 odd points like we should be out of it i mean we should be gone basically it's just the fact that dumbarton are pish as well yeah you know there's there's that little hope clinging on because even when you looked at the like i know falkirk have been struggling but you looked at the stats of the peterhead falkirk game and peterhead battered them like and i just think that's we just don't have that ability like i just can't see us having a game I'm not talking about scoring loads of goals, but I just can't see us having a game where we're the dominant team and we're creating, you know, creating loads of chances. It just, it just doesn't happen. And like you say, even that Dumbarton game, we won, but it was, 
you know, we did what we needed to do. But let's put it that way. I think I, I was talking to Paul Monroe at the hospitality yesterday, and we were saying about it was those two games where we drew nil nil in that spell where we were doing quite well. Mm-hmm. The two home games, I can't remember who it was. Was it two home games? Remember, yeah, we were saying in that unbeaten run of four, three of them were draws and two of them were nil yeah. nil. So even but, that, our best run of the season's fucking awful. Yeah, but but they were the, look, look. We've said it all. We've said it all season long, from day one to whenever we finally get confirmed. We've not been good enough. The players are not good enough at this level. And and again, even yesterday, like you looked at a guy like Boyd, Stephen Boyd, who we had, just looked like a good wee player. I just we we just don't have many players right now that you would. I, 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 would there be anyone in East West team that would get a game from any other teams in this league? I'd probably no. Well, that's the thing. Like I was thinking about, like next season. Obviously, we've got guys that's on two year deals. So we're, we're stuck with them. But if it was a clean slate, how many of the current squad would you actually want back for a, um, a second or League Two fight? I mean, there's there's like a. You know, like a good handful that I'd be more than happy to see back. But that is also, you know, you're you're also considering you're going down a level. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. But I mean, there's a lot where I'd just be like, you know, if you stay fine, it's League Two. It's probably going to be not going to be so bad. But I wouldn't be bothered if they left. And I'd also still think, you know, particularly in some areas, we're going to need to bring people in. I mean, there's a few, like, off the top of my head, Smith, uh, Kieran Miller, um, Aaron Steele, probably going to be struggling after that. You know, those are ones where I'd be like, yeah, definitely want to keep them. There's a good few where I'd be like, right, yeah, can keep them, can punt them, not that bothered. And then, uh, to be honest, there's not not that many where I'd be desperate to keep. And in the last few seasons, you finish every season and then immediately you're like, all right, you know, half the team, more than half the team, you like, really hope we can keep him. And this year is, yeah, very different. We talk a lot about Wallace and Doug, you mentioned him there and it's like, we are a different team without him. That said, though, he hasn't exactly lit the heather on fire for us this season either. We shouldn't just be a one-man team that's that's the problem because if you rely so heavily on one person and then that person's missing for whatever reason you're fucked oh no absolutely but it probably just boils down to the fact that he's probably one of i don't know two three players who've actually generally got a bit proper quality about them yeah he can change a game yeah look that's maybe doing a huge disservice to you know I always think it's very difficult when some fat, bald man's talking about footballer's ability. But It's okay, Lee's not here today, so it's fine. I know, I know, I know. That's just, yeah, but no, you're, you're right. Look, Wallace is... Even, you know, I've been quite critical of sometimes he looks like he's over the top with his shouting at players and stuff, but then, do you know what? There's nothing without that. Do you know what I mean? There's no... And Look, I go on... Every week, and I said it at the Clyde game last week, and I'll say it again about this week, you're 3-0 down at home in a big, massive game. There was no tackles put in. There was no frustration. There was, I just, 
that gets to me. And I know that the flip side that used to say, well, that you know, you're showing discipline and all that, but come on, do you know what I mean? In front of your own fans, you've been absolutely railroaded in the second half. Just they just they looked they looked like a team that knew that's us done. There was just that real resignation about it all. I wanted to ask about the end of the game. So both the highlights, the last bit of action they've got is the 77th minute when Jude Smith has his little wobble that he has on a game-by-game on a -game basis, but got out of it at least. Fuck all after that. Did nothing happen in the last 13 minutes in stoppage time because neither set of highlights showed a thing. I'm not even sure I could tell you. Like There was a certain point in the game yesterday where I just completely switched off. To the point where I Maybe didn't the cameras even, did as well. Then I don't know. I didn't even remember that thing happening with Jude Smith. I was probably just checking my phone at the time, <laughs> and nobody around me even reacted enough for me to like look up. I didn't even remember that happening. No, I mean the last twenty minutes was just a complete, or the last fifty minutes just a complete non-entity. Yeah, See, that's I, I think there's, there's there's nothing worse than a football game when it's like that when you're there when your team's been, you know scudded and you've just got to play out and I mean I don't know how many I was just wanting to get a beer so I don't know how many times I shouted right that'll do ref <laughs> I know <laughs> well a lot of you, folk apparently left early because I've oh, seen yeah. lots of comments from like hardcore fans saying that, that I left more than but I've just, seen in a long time and do you know what quite right seriously I mean I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge advocate of leaving early but do you know what this has been such a shit show it really has, from start to finish this year. And, you know, there was, I don't know, I can't remember who it was, someone on Facebook, they were talking about, I think East Fife had advertised next week's game against Airdrie. And some guy just going, yeah, I, can't, I just can't justify paying the money anymore. And it's like, yeah, do you know what? You're, you're quite, I mean, literally right now, I'm thinking I probably won't go to the Airdrie game next week. I just, because yeah. I think we'll get absolutely scudded by then. You get to that point where I was like, you know, instead of coming to this game today, I could have just done something else. And nothing exciting, just maybe I could have done, like, you know, we odd jobs here and there. And I was like, that would have been more enjoyable. You know, and I was like, oh, next week. You know, it's got to that point where, you know, instead of being excited or even interested in going, I'm just like, oh, I just prefer not to. Um, well, I just had a look at the attendance from yesterday because I realised I hadn't looked. 517 for a Not big right. game. Um, I, I will I will say, and, I, and I, I spoke to Liam Anderson after the game, I was gobsmacked at how quiet hospitality was. Like, I've never seen that. There was, we had this sort of table for 12 in the Jeek Fleming suite or whatever it was. It was all the, the East 5 over 35s, the old boys, the fat bastards team. Anyway, and there was one table of four having lunch next door. One, and I said, I said that to Liam. I was like, "Has it been like that like all season?" He was like, "Pretty much." And that's that's worrying because that's it's such a big money earner for us. I mean, I've done it a really, couple of times, and it's always been packed. Now, obviously, oh, that's it, going way back years. But every time I've done it, it's been mobbed. And I, I look, get, don't get me wrong. Normally. But I'll do it. It might be like a wraith game or so, you know, so it's obviously going to be busy. But it just, yeah, really, really quiet. And I think I, I would still, you know, encourage people to do the hospitality. It's really worth it. It's good. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the club run it very well. So 
you know, if you if you're wanting a wee knees up on a Saturday, then please book it because it's um, that. Yeah, that really worried me yesterday. So did 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 you get visits from a couple of players, or did you track them down? No, um, <laughs> I, I just went. There was like four or five of them sitting up in the, at half time in the lounge bit that weren't playing injured guys. So I pestered them for some uh, stuff, but no. Um, that sounded like I was asking for some drugs. I know. It's like, we'll clarify, it was bumpers for this show. So we, we did yeah. get one. Oh, Ross, Ross Dunlop, you got any gear? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. someone refused to do a bumper, but we, we won't name and shame him. Uh, no, no, not him. There was three of them. That oh, wanted to. okay. Well, fuck them all. I hope they all get released. Right. <laughs> But yeah, like I, I, I've got all the attendances up for the season, and obviously at the start of the year there was COVID and everything like that. So take away the Falkirk game because Falkirk, big team, bring fans through. So you had five hundred and sixty-eight at Peterhead, four hundred and forty-three for the Clyde game, four hundred eighty-one for Queens Park, eight hundred fifty-eight for Dumbarton, with the thing that they did last week, and then dipped back down to five hundred and seventeen. I guess there was 341 people that was at that Dumbarton game that we've lost. Yeah, I mean, attendance is something I noticed uh, during the week because I was looking at the attendance figures and they've been really poor. And, I, I, you know, obviously you've still got, you know, folk are allowed to come to games now because of COVID, but yep. I think there's still, you know, you've maybe got some people who are not, totally sure about coming back you've got yeah. people who can who can watch it online now when your team is pish i think those things seem a bit bigger like if we were winning i think you get over those things You're like oh i don't i don't want to watch it online i'd rather go to the game or something like that but basically when it's a horrible horrible season i think sometimes folk look for excuses not to come um, and it's easy to find them just now because, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Price of petrol, absolutely, yeah. Price to get oh, in, yeah. cost of living increases. It's like, yeah, it's an expensive day out. Like, if you're coming oh, no. from the East Nuke, like, say you stay in Crail, that's a expensive day out for you. Yeah, but no, I mean, do you think? Do you think that? Um, oh, by the way, the three hundred X at the bottom would have been all those school kids. I'm guessing. Yeah, but it's like. You would have hoped some of them would have been like, oh, I'd love to go back. That was such a good day out. That's what we're talking yeah, about, no, no. that we were hoping for. Yeah. Or they would have fucking hated it yesterday. I saw I, one I, of my I, friends I, on Facebook, his kid got him tickets for the game for his birthday. I was like, fuck, your kid hates you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. It was, um, I've said it before, though, we're, we're, we're not a well sport team. We really aren't. and it, it's, it's That's the worrying it'll, thing, it'll if we're dropping down. And yeah, like, do you know what? Are prices going up next year as well? Uh, well, I don't think you will because you're playing a level below. I don't, I don't they know, but they haven't up. gone up for like three seasons, I think. I bet. I mean, if, I feel like if you if you get relegated and keep your prices the same, it's almost like an increase. You know what I mean? I think. Um, yeah. I could see it going up to 16 or 17, to be honest. Uh. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think. How, I don't think it really matters what division we're in crowd-wise. I think yeah. if, and God, I hope so, that if we go down, 
that we're going to be challenging to win the league next year. God, as I say, surely, <laughs> yeah. or I hope yeah. so. Then if you're doing that, you're winning, people are going to want to come along. It's so hard to watch a football team that aren't winning games. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. And, and I wonder how long the stream thing is going to carry on. I mean, is that... Because obviously, pre-COVID, I couldn't sit at home and stream the East Fife game, you know, because that was the, I'm guessing, the sort of legalities from the SPFL yeah. or whatever. So I don't know whether that's going to carry on. You wonder whether that does have an impact. I mean, I, I know there's been a couple of games this year at home where it's been pushing down my rain. I've just gone, do you know what? Stuff it. I'll just get the stream and watch it from the house. Which does it doesn't help the team much, let's be honest. But, no, um, I mean, if, it, if it's still making the money, that's good. And at least at our level, these streams don't appear on like dodgy sites and stuff. Because I've noticed for a lot of the Premier things, if it's Red TV or Saints TV or whatever, there's dodgy streams that you can still watch for free. So the clubs really are losing out in that regard. Whereas if they didn't have those streams on offer, then folk maybe sitting in... Like if you're a St. Johnston fan sitting in Perth going, oh, it's pissing down the day. I'm just going to get watch this free stream on some dodgy site. If we stopped it, would it get more fans coming in? Or would it just cause more detachment? I don't know. I mean, you might get more fans in the ground, but I suppose the question is, are you getting less people paying to watch the game? And yeah. maybe that's the kind of, you know, it's the kind of good and bad side to that. It's a big off-season, close-season, whatever we call it in Scotland, for for the club. We'll come to that in a sec. Let's just round up this game. Do you want to do three two ones? I've I've got them and I struggled, <laughs> so I feel here, like I want to. Here we go. You uh, can yeah, do it. No, let, let's do it. But please go first, Gordon, because I've I've not written anything down. I'm str- I'm struggling all day. Oh, like, who? So I'll take so, inspiration from you. Um, there was only really, to be honest, there was only really one player that I felt like... It gets all the points. All right, you know, I felt like he kind of had a good enough game to merit. Um, so I'm going to give three points to Kieran Miller, because I thought he was actually good. Um, it, it gets very tough from, the, from that point on. So I gave, I gave two points to Danny Denham, because um, he really should have at least... Of one as one penalty, <laughs> if not two. So that's why he gets two points. One for each valid penalty claim. I was going to give the one point to Jude Smith because I don't really blame him for any of the goals. Um, and he made uh, at least one good save. But I'm not going to give it to Jude Smith because uh, there was a security guard in the second half. The ball came sort of flying, got cleared, came flying out the pitch. Uh, straight towards him and he just sort of turned around at the last minute and caught it perfectly got a big cheer for the crowd so I'm going to give him one point <laughs> I, I remember that contract for the rest of the season yeah <laughs> safe hands safe hands stand they call him um, I I'm also going to give three points to Keen Miller uh, mainly for that tackle right in like the 92nd minute that was good um, and that's about it uh, Jesus, this is so difficult. Uh, oh, I'll go. I'm going to give two points. This is ridiculous. To Jack Healy, who came on for ten minutes and ran about. See, I never <laughs> even saw him because they didn't show anything at the end of the yeah. game on the stream. Uh, 
I mean, he didn't really do anything, but you know, he had a couple of nice stepovers and whatnot. And I'm going to give one point to Danny Swanson. <sighs> he just, <laughs> I'm trying to think why. He, <laughs> he do you know, he, he always wanted the ball. Like he was always looking for the ball. I think to start with, he was sort of playing out wide and it just didn't really work. And then he, he came in the midfield a bit more and was a, a bit more. But he's the kind of guy, I've said it for so long, you know, if and when we go down, if you could get a season of him fit in the bottom league in Scotland with the right, you know, with the right signing of strikers ahead of him, he could have a field day down there. He really could. Um, and, you know, so I guess that, a lot of that will come down to finances, I would imagine. But yeah, I'll give him one, but uh, I liked Jude Smith's attempt at a bit uh, Cruyff turn. I like that. I have no problem. I have no problem with young goalkeepers trying to do things like that. I'm all for it. I, and it came off. Which is, well, uh, I, I don't know if you'd say it came off. Well, he didn't. He didn't get <laughs> scored on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm just clutching at, at straws here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's very telling that you've got a game. At home, when you're fighting for your your survival, and you're struggling to even find three guys that performed at a level that's worthy of points, that's just. What was the formation yesterday? Because Crawford talked afterwards about oh, I tried something a little bit different with two up front and and three kind of narrow guys behind. Because we we got a tweet from Paul Thompson that says. <sighs> I'm not really understanding team selection or formation or tactics. The recent on-loan players, although decent, don't appear any better than some of our own who are now on the bench. And echoes what, what Doug said, Ryan Wallace makes a massive difference when playing. But what was the formation and tactics yesterday? Because I couldn't quite work it out from the highlights. I thought we started 4-4-2. Um, yeah, I think it was Denham and Connell up front. Denham and Connell up front, yeah. and Pollock and Swanson wide. Um, that's what I thought it was. I, I, I actually think now that we're doing three two ones is finished. I actually thought for a sort of half an hour Pollock looked decent. Like he for for what is he seventeen years old? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, there was something about him I thought was was decent. So there's maybe a wee bit of hope for him, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I, I found it, I found it hard to concentrate in the game, not because it had a lot of beer, just could be more shite, more shite. Yeah. I, I didn't understand what Crawford said afterwards as well, but he'll, he'll take the flak for, I, I guess when he said for leaving two strikers. Playing. I think what he was, I think what he was saying that. When Alawa scored the first, normally you would take this trying to take the sting out of the game for ten minutes just to kind of keep. Okay. You know, and he basically said, "But we don't have time for that because we need to win the game." Which is, you know, right. So, so I think that, I, so he went for it still. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I'm sorry, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think Crawford's the sort of guy that's going to come out and say uh, we were pish. Do you know what I mean? Like in that, he'll he's deflecting. I would imagine. By saying that, and that he'll take the flak. But I wrote yeah. down some of his other comments afterwards. Difficult predicament. We're digging deep, and he's going to leave no stone unturned. 
I didn't get that one. <laughs> I didn't get that one either. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm just going to throw all these things out. Aye, and throwing, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> is this <laughs> where Ryan Wallace is? Are we going to turn over some stones and find him? It's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we look at the, the other results from yesterday, it was a horrible, horrible day for us. Queen's Park beat Clyde 1-0. Peterhead beat Falkirk 1-0. And I just looked at the, the stats just now that you mentioned, Doug. Yeah, Peterhead battered Falkirk, who had one shot on target. Um, Dumbarton 0, Montrose 0 is the biggie. Dumbarton picked up points. I thought Dumbarton could have got three from that going into it. But they didn't have a shot on target. And they still came away with a point. That yeah. is like adding to our bad luck. And then it was Airdrie won, Cove won. That's probably given Cove the title. If Airdrie had won it's that. It's amazing though. I mean, that, that was what, a 93rd minute equaliser. Yeah. I mean, that's huge because I remember looking at the table when Airdrie were winning and you're like, two points. Yeah. You know, and, and Airdrie are flying just now. So it's like that that would have been a massive win. And obviously yeah. then... You don't want to be playing very, them just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say then they've got a very tough game next week, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, that was a huge goal. Probably in the same way that Dumbarton's point probably relegates us. I think that point for Cove probably wins them the league. I yeah. think so. Yeah, if Airdrie had won, you felt like it's only two points. The kind of shift in momentum would be with Airdrie, and I think that's a massive result for Cove. You, you, you look at the, you, you look at, and we're talking about obviously we've got a a fairly poor playing squad. You look at some of the players that are in this division now. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Like your Fraser 5As and yeah. Megginson and bloody Lee Griffiths of the world. And it's it's was, kind of ridiculous. I was just saying yesterday, like, you, you look at the championship now and a team like Queen of the South, right? Like, they've been relegated before and usually when they would come down to League One, most of the time, they'll be their attitude will be, oh, we'll piss this. We have the biggest crowds, we have the biggest budget, we're full-time. We'll just sign all these guys that kind of should be in the championship. Easy peasy. Win the league by 15 points. You look at it next year, potentially, you're going to have, I mean, well, let's say Dunfermline and the Queen of the South come down. You'll have Dunfermline, Falkirk, potentially Airdrie, you know, Queen's Park spending money, Kelty spending money, Montrose were just good. It's like, I mean, that's going to be tough yeah. now. That's a different proposition completely Absolutely. from 10 years ago. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a good division for a couple of years now, and it just every season it just seems to be getting tougher and tougher. Not that it's probably going to affect it. Like if we didn't go down this season, we're down next. Oh I yeah, think. we'd we'd struggle, we'd struggle to stay in that. And you know, like the the teams at the bottom, the kind of pish teams. You know, if you stay up this season, well, okay, you might you know you might get rid of. East Fife. I'm just going to be replaced by Kelty. Yeah. They're going to finish above them. Yeah. I mean, they'll just go out and sign a bunch of guys for the championship. Uh, it's not going to get any easier. So but but even when you look good. at, even when you look at Aloha's team yesterday, mm. I mean, this is a team that mainly struggled because they had a terrible manager. But you've got like Scoogle, who was playing championship yep. or Sheffield Wednesday, you know, two or three years ago. Proper, proper footballer played Premier League. The centre halves are all very, very good. You know, Collie's a good. They've got a really good squad, and you're on like, paper, they've they've got good players, yeah. Oh, very good, and 
I think that's our problem. Like, big time. I don't think any other team looks at us, even on paper, and goes, yeah, that, that's a... Like, as, aside, aside from Dumbarton, maybe Peterhead and maybe Clyde, right? Would any of the teams in our division take any of our players? Probably not. No. No, not not so. as a starter, you might think. Oh, no, so, like someone might no. look at Jude and go, oh, I'd, I'd have him as a yeah. backup. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's that's one. I mean, that's one thing. Like maybe, maybe if 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 they actually looked at it, maybe there's some goalkeeper that's not that great and Jude Smith's better than him. But you feel like years gone by, there was, there was other teams, their fans, they would take a handful of our players, even good teams. Like I'll oh, take, I would take him and I'll take him. This year, no. Do, do you know my slight problem with Jude Smith is if he was 28, 29 year old, I don't think we'd be bringing him up at all. Like, I think I think he That's looks fair. a solid-ish keeper, but he's he's got he's definitely got a lot of mistakes in him. And that's yeah. just because he's young, to be fair. Yeah. I, I don't I, agree I, with I don't, what Lee said a few weeks ago that someone's going to come in for him. I don't see that. Uh, I, not no, yet. No, no, no. No, not yet. Is exactly right. I, I think it's the sort of thing if if we can keep him for a you know whether it's a couple of seasons. For example, if we were to challenge next year and you're in a winning team, you know that's when clubs will start looking at him maybe. But yeah. no, definitely not. Now. It would I think be a it's massive. Yes. I I kind of agree. I think it's that thing of. You know, you usually don't get very young goalkeepers coming in and just looking steady and competent straight away. And I think the fact that he's done that and kind of, you know, really, you know, I don't think there's any argument now. Everyone sees him as number one. I think you're like, all right, yeah, for a for a teenager, that's but there's always that for a teenager, that's really really good. And you know, you you kind of expect keepers to kind of improve quite a bit between say eighteen, nineteen, and early 20s. So I think there is always that with him, yeah. How uh, how old was Mark Ridgers when he came to us on loan? Because he, he, he would have been about the same age. Because yeah. he's always the one at base. Like 19, but... I mean, he was just he a was, total beast at that age as well. Though. He, was but he, was a, he was a different level of Jude Smith, in my opinion. Like, proper commanding goalkeeper. You know, just came for everything, took everything in the air. Great shot stopper. I think, I think Jude's got great potential, but I don't think he's anywhere near. I like to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that comfortable having the two goalies that we've got now next season. In terms of, I just don't think either right now are great goalkeepers. I think Jude's a good prospect. Gallagher, we're, obviously, we're all not too convinced on, but I don't think. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be instantly going Jude Smith our number one next year. I think he's got potential to be, but if we got the chance to sign an experienced good goalie, I, I'd, I'd probably take it, to be totally honest. Have either of you got out to see the, the under-20s at all this year? Because they, be, they seem to be banging the goals in and doing well. And I, I just don't know really what the potential of this, this team and this squad is right now. I, mean, I, I saw some of the highlights. I think they beat, was it um, Caledonian Braves or something ridiculous like that. I saw the highlights and were really impressed. They played some really good football, scored some really good goals. And I know it's always that thing. Like It's it's a big difference and it's it's probably bigger than most people 
you know, you see those goals and you think to yourself, Christ, they, they look good. You know, what? how would they do in the first team? Probably terribly right now. It's just, you know, it's always the way it is. But the, I mean, the, from what I've seen, I mean, I've not seen them in the flesh, but from what I've seen, there's, obvious, there's obviously some kind of talent in there. So, you know, you'd hope uh, it, that... Yeah, it's very, it's it's so difficult. Like, I don't want to be negative about the under-20s because they're doing very well. But there's there's a huge jump. I mean, it's monumental size jump to, you know, suddenly some wee boy up front who's scoring loads of goals coming up against these sort of experienced centre-halves that they'll just bully them. And do you know what? Any For any team, I guess your, you know, your thing is, can you unearth a Stevie Ferguson or, or you know, two or three guys that are, going to make it in good but I mean most of them won't that's just the brutality of football but it's yeah it's difficult because ultimately they're going to be competing with all the guys who get released from the Premier League under 20s so they all filter down and you've got to go and compete with them I mean the way I would see it is like you know one or two of them might be good for squad fillers that's what it is like I don't I don't think you can go, oh, like this guy's playing real, really well in the under-20s. He's going to be our first-choice left-back next year, our first-choice striker. Nah. Um, you know, fill out the bench, see what they can do when they get given a chance. But I think the level, it's just too too big of a, a difference in level, even from League 2, I think. But do you know yeah. what? Like, I think Liam was saying after the game... I think something like 10 of our starting 11 and bench were under the age of 20-something, I can't remember. And I think 10 of Alois were over that, you know, so it was a very much a case of experience against youth. But it's it's a hard route to go down. I mean, I know the, the old uh, you don't win anything with kids thing that Hansen said back in the day, but at this level, I mean, you see it, Jack Healy's a perfect example. You know, highly rated at that sort of lower level, and look, there's definitely a footballer in there, like properly. He's potentially very good, but it just getting a wee bit swallowed up by experienced good footballers at this level. And it's a it's a huge jump. It really is. I think there's probably this thing where a lot of people, I think, underestimate the the standard uh, league one and two. Like either you've got guys that watch Premier League, and they think it's a you know a farmers league, pub league, or you've maybe got guys who go and watch non-league and, you know, they're a wee bit chippy about it and they, they think that lowland league teams could go and, you know, they've had a few cup wins. and But I, it's, I think there's a big difference between, you know, youth football, a lot of the non-league kind of standard to League One. I think it is, it is a tough, it is a physical, and we've talked about it before, but compared to, you know, 25, 30 years ago, the athleticism is is massive in it now. You don't get kind of, you know, kind of fat guys who are technically good going around League One anymore. It just doesn't happen. But that's um, the problem with that's the problem with you know everyone talks about expanding the leagues and whatnot. So when you've got ten team league, like you know this season for example in our league, you've got a couple of teams that are a bit new, but the rest are very strong. But you go down like the Lowland League. Oh. And that's where, like, but like Jack Healy's lone move to East Stirling, there, you know, I mean, there'll be there'll be a few games where he's playing against 
utter shite. Like, oh, really aye, bad. Yeah. You know, pub, a pub the team. of Leithen and the university and, teams and stuff. Yeah. And that jump to come into League One and you're playing, you know, your Falkirks and Coles and proper football teams, it's it's a huge difference. So, do you mind the guy called Lewis Baker? Uh, yes. Kind of tall striker, ginger hair. Uh, I think we, he'd been in Sweden and he came to us. So he's at Berwick. Weirdly enough, I've seen this on like LinkedIn or something. Somebody liked one, and he was saying he's gone to Berwick, and he scored something ridiculous, like you know, twelve goals in ten games or something in the Lowland League. And you're like that. That really does highlight the difference because, you know, I don't think he did anything for us. But no. you know, Berwick, ah, you might have your games against Bonnie Reg and East Kilbride and Spartans and that who are decent. But then you're playing Vela Leithen or Edinburgh University or Gretna. And, you know, a competent team will just destroy them. And if you're a striker, you know, it's time to get your goal tally up. And you're not going to get that in in the, the actual league. The, the step up from youth football to adult football is massive. And it's like, I've seen it here a lot. Teams here, are, they're ridiculous just now. There's so many teams here that are signing 14-year-olds to professional contracts. And it's like, you don't know what this guy's going to be like when he's 16 or 17, never mind when he's actually proper to go. And like once in a while, you're going to get an amazing guy. Like I've spoken before, Alfonso Davies came through Vancouver. He was 15. He's like an exceptional kind of once-in-a-generation talent. These guys are all trying to find the next one like him and trying to find but, these young guys. And then they and, struggle when they go up against a big bruiser, 35-year-old centre-back. The, the strategy for a lot of, like, you know, let's say bigger clubs, I mean, if you're the bigger, a big club in your country or your area, is just hoover them all up. If you're 14 and you look like you might have something, we'll take you. We're not going to spend any money on you. And I think they know that the odds... That these guys making it is tiny, but you know if we get in enough, we get enough in the net, one or two being decent, and and I mean we've basically said the same thing about East Life under twenties. It's like, you know, if every couple of years you can get one guy who can come into the first team, yeah. you're like, well, that's job done. You know, that's that's about as good as you can get, and the, and big clubs take the same attitude. I mean, that could save them, you know millions on buying a player you know could make them millions when they sell it that that well yeah the, the thing is as well because I, I don't know what it's like in scotland but here under the academy system up to i think you're the age of 18 if you're in the academy you can just leave free like they have no rights over you at all so they have to sign them to these pro deals homegrown contracts mm-hmm. as as it's called and that's why they're signing Given a 14-year-old an actual professional contract to be on the MLS roster, as we call it, squad for Doug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, just here this weekend, they've started a new under-23 league because they've started to realise, yeah, the gap between coming out of the youth game <clears> at 19 <throat> and then be expected to go against some of the, the top guys like Ryan Gold and Johnny Russell... It is a big, big jump for these guys. So this under-23 thing is huge. I'd like to kind of see Scotland go a little bit older than under-20 as well, just to get better talent coming through. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. And I, I guess what Liam was saying about the under-20s is that we're, 
a very young team because a lot of the guys are, you know, 17, 18. I mean, just when we're thinking about that, I'm trying to think in the last sort of 20 years of how many guys you would say that have come through sort of youth side and been a proper kind of first teamer. Yeah. And like, even if you... Oh, but you look at like Liam Newton at the moment, obviously, who was very highly thought of by Tony McMinn or whatever. He's not quite done it, has he? Really? He's not cemented his place. You know, like, like yeah. you're looking at like a proper first name on the team sheet type player. And of the young guys who've come through at East Fife, the ones that really uh, stood out, I think, actually didn't come through our youth system. You know, like mm-hmm. Steve Ferguson didn't. We brought him in. Um, Fash didn't. Um, Ferguson I, I really had my head as the last guy, but yeah, he wasn't even in our system. In the but you know what? Every every club in the land will probably have this exact same conversation. I'm not yeah, saying it's yeah, a yeah. problem. It's just I think that it's that sort of it's that excitement fans get, and there there is there's yeah. a definite thing of you know one of your own kind of, and you saw that when like Dan Watson came as a metal lad. On loan, and there was an extra sixty people in the crowd watching, you know, mm. cheering them on, and and that that's where it is good. I mean, the, the whole, you know, the fast thing was so exciting. I thought for a local lad, you know, go, coming through, not really making it because he was a little skinny dude, and then bulks himself up, and suddenly he's a proper fruit, and it was exciting because it's that sort of young local lad. So, but, but part of it is they need to be, they need to be set up to succeed. And you do that by putting them with decent players around them. And I think that's kind of where... Like, if you brought any young guy up this season, they're going to struggle because they oh, haven't yeah. got a good team yeah. around them. Yeah, yeah. but at the yeah. same time, like, I don't know if you noticed, obviously, when Swanson was coming back from injury, he played a couple of under-20 games. Mm-hmm. And you think, do you know what? For a, a 17-year-old kid playing centre midfield next to Danny Swanson in a game that they're probably going to be better than, you know, or on par... I mean, that's amazing experience for a kid like that. And that's where you wonder, you know, how can you get that more? That That's where your sort of reserve team thing that you used to have in some ways is quite good because it means that kids can play with sort of, you know, the older, more experienced player and learn from them a bit more. Because it's fine to do it in training, but you actually get it in a match situation and that, that would be totally invaluable for kids like that. Yeah, like going back to the Archibald days, can you imagine what those guys learned playing in a team with yeah. Archibald on the pitch as he talks you through the whole game? Well, it was one of the things um, my dad was telling me about the Archibald, um, like the evening with Steve Archibald, and apparently Archibald was talking a lot about players that he learned from. Joe Harper at Aberdeen, he was saying he didn't really learn from managers because... He didn't learn from managers about how to be a better player, but he was saying that, um, you know, as a striker, when he went to Aberdeen, that Joe Harper was the one that made him a better striker because he gave him all this advice. And apparently he was saying, particularly at the at the back post, he was like, he scored a ridiculous number of his goals at the back post. And he learned how to do that off Joe Harper. Um, so obviously stuff like that, is, yeah, it, it, would, it would be massive for young players. Last little thing on this guy just came to me as we're talking about this. This might amuse Doug, it might not. Because uh, we've got this under-23 team now in Vancouver, they train and they work closely with the first team. So the head coach of the under-23s is a guy, Nick Dazovich. You might remember he played for St. Yeah. Johnson for years. 
Um, so he was doing an interview, and I'd, I think he picked the wrong words, but he was talking about how the under-23s in the first team, it's really close, and they learn a lot from these more experienced guys, and they're happy to share. They don't have a big attitude in the first team. And he mentioned Ryan Gold. He said, look at Ryan Gold. He just swans around like a simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, um, not sure that's the compliment you think you're giving him there. <laughs> Look at this little thick twat coming over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot you can learn for that simpleton, boys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who needs school, eh? He might look like it, but he's actually a decent player. <laughs> anyway, and you know what? what? Anytime you hear gold, remember that sort of gold Armstrong sort of all really well schooled, like you know, intelligent kids. It was it was always it was amazing when they were doing interviews like Gary Mackay, Stephen. They were all like, because I think they were quite posh Aberdeen boys, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, from yeah. Probably, you'd imagine relatively wealthy background potentially, but it was just quite funny hearing them speak when they were sixteen, seventeen, and they're just very well spoken. And, they do yeah, media so I would, training. I wouldn't say he'd be a they do media training here with guys from when they're sixteen. And it's like it's so much different speaking to a young footballer here. It's like fucking crazy then you hear some of our post-game interviews and you're like um last couple of things i wanted to talk about we mentioned the lowland league there i i was appalled by their decision this week that you're only going to relegate one team out of the lowland league whereas you've got all these top leagues battling to try and get into the lowland league alone never mind to get into the the league set up it just seems so narrow-minded. I, I understand why they voted for it, because it's like Turkey's voting for Christmas, etc., yeah. etc. But for the good of Scottish football, don't leave it up to the clubs to vote. No, yeah, you shouldn't. And it's always this, you know, you're always, it's clubs voting on what's going to happen, like, oh, next season. Like, well, obviously, you're just going to get self-interest there. But the, yeah. you look at the Lowland League, and clearly, you know, there's a big split, like we talked about. There's, you know, there's a handful of teams at the top who... You know, they they are looking to move up. They're looking to challenge. They're looking to get into the, the SPFL. And I'm sure they are in favour of more relegation and promotion generally. But you've got a whole load of teams at the bottom there who are basically complete pish. They know they're going to be replaced sooner or later. And all they're doing is just trying to make it later. Yeah. I, I just got the <laughs> table up. Veo Leithen, five points. Gretna, 11 points. Then it goes up to Edinburgh University on 27. Yeah. Aye. So Gretna's 20. like, oh yeah, one down's totally fine. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they're not even, because the whole thing is like, well, you can accuse them of hypocrisy because they're saying at the one hand that the, the, the SPFL should open up places, but they are not doing it themselves. Yeah. But it's like the teams at the top, you know, Gretna don't care about opening up automatic relegation or promotion to the SPFL because they are never fucking going to be there. Um, they just care about trying to stay in that league as long as possible, and you know, just 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 relegate yourselves. Like, pointless. You wonder why though. You want like I know. Yeah. Imagine like you're an East Fife fan in the Lowland League, and you've got five points. And you're getting absolutely pumped every week. Just go down. Yeah. Aye, yeah. but what's what's the? It's not like it's not like the Lowland League's this cash cow where you're you know. No. You know the massive clubs of Dalbeaty Star coming up and bringing four hundred fans. <laughs> it, 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 I just don't get that, and it's Aye. in much the same way 
that were talking about us this year. Yeah. I, I've kind of resigned myself to the, fuck, I resigned myself to this going down about 17 weeks ago, but I'm okay with it because we, we were all talking about, um, you know, we've said it before, Elgin away, great. All, all these places you can go, it's fine. And you'll be, you'll be playing, you would like to think slightly better football with a better team yeah. and maybe winning some games of football. Do you want to go down a level where you'll win more games, it'll be more entertaining, like, you'll enjoy it more, or do you just want to like scrape survival so you can just go through this again for another year? And we are nowhere near as bad as the likes of Vila Leeson or Gretna are in their league. Yeah. You know I mean, that's yeah. five points in the Lowland League. That's five points, and, then, and there are multiple other pub teams in there. Um, why would you put yourself through that? Vale Leithen's like, goal difference minus 139. <laughs> but then Fort William's not shut, that bad. Shut them down. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, everyone talks about this so many because you think about like in Scotland, quite a small country, and everyone goes, Oh, we've got 42, you know, senior clubs is too many. Christ, there's a lot more. Like, oh, you, yeah. know, you think yeah. how many senior actual senior football clubs are in Scotland. There's way too many. Just to point this out, though, Gretna's goal difference is minus 64, and that's only four worse than ours. Oh, no, we, no we've given up 60 goals. Ignore that. I was like, Oh, well, Yeah, I, I got confused yeah. for a minute there. <laughs> I suppose they've had two yeah. games against Vela Leeson, so they can get that up a bit. <laughs> yeah, they have won two games this year. That is pro- Vela Leeson's won a game. That was probably against <laughs> Gretna. <laughs> Now I'm curious. No, I'll look at that later. Well, um, but it's funny. But you get you almost get these weird results. I don't know if you noticed um, Dover Wrexham on Saturday. Yeah, six five. Uh, six five. Yeah. Dover are like proper bottom of the league. Yeah. Like hardcore bottom of the league, and they were what five two up, and then lost six five. Oh, I didn't realise. I didn't know how the goals went, and I'll need to find the highlights of that. Uh, that, that sounds funny. Yeah, uh, Wrexham scored two goals in injury time, like 92 and 98 minutes or something. I know it's uh, Ryan Reynolds had put some tweet saying, that's just aged me nine years or something watching that game. Well, interestingly, well, to me, Violethan's one win came against Bowness United. What? Did they have, like, nobody there because of COVID or something like that? Oh, maybe. <laughs> also, Celtic Colts only beat them 4-0, and the next <laughs> week they went and got gubbed by somebody else 9-0. Oh. So maybe the Lonely League is the, is the place to be. Give it a couple of seasons, we'll, we'll yeah. let you know. <laughs> um, but, well, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll ask Cowden Beast for... We'll ask Cowden Beast oh, for yeah, they, they're pretty much down now. 12 points well, they're, adrift, they're, five they're games set. to go. They're certainly into the playoffs. There's no way they're coming back from that. Oh, yeah, whether not necessarily can, down. Yeah, I should say. Whether they can escape that playoff for the third time. It is the consensus that we're we're happy for them to go down? Is that the consensus? I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Lee's always like, we don't want any club to go out of business. I, I disagree. <laughs> uh, do you know what? Actually, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Because Cowden Beef. Just that stadium is horrific. I mean, it, yeah. how they're still even allowed to play there is yeah. beyond me. So, yeah, I agree. Shut them down. Last thing, let's just talk a little bit about international football. I'm missing 
Canada qualifying for the World Cup here by finishing this podcast because we, we went longer than I thought we were going to go. Let me just check the score. It's now now after 13 minutes. We're, we're good. Um, Scotland now know who they would be playing in June if they get past Ukraine, if they play Ukraine. I still don't think that game will go ahead. It's Wales. It brings back memories of 78, 82. You guys too young probably to remember anything to do with that. But I watched the Wales game. I wish Austria had come through it because Wales, Wales looked decent. A couple of good goals by Gareth Bale. It's going to be a tough one. I still think we can do it. Like watching the Poland highlights, we played some lovely stuff. I mean, Wales is a very tough game. I mean, Wales are they're not a bad team. They have you know, world-class player in Bale and arguably Ramsey. It's a tough game, but we're not a bad team now. I mean, the fact that we are, you know, I know it's a friendly and nobody gives that much of a shit, but the fact that we're pretty disappointed about drawing with Poland and, you know, apparently, I didn't watch it, but apparently played them off the park and should have won yeah, quite first, easily. First half, they were excellent. Really shows how far we've come and, you know, the fact that it's like, oh, you know, we didn't get that seventh win in a row. We've come on a lot and we've got a good chance in that game. I, I think I totally agree. I I watched the Poland game. I thought, yeah, we're, we're just good now. We're just like a really good team. Like there's no, I, I can't think of a team where you'd be like, not that you would fear, but as in, remember we played Belgium a couple of times in qualifiers oh. recently, you just get scudded four or five nil. I just don't see that happening against anyone. Yeah. Like we're, we're just, I think we're just a good team. I mean, I don't know if you saw, I mean, the dive for the penalty was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, and obviously, yeah, look, it's a friendly, so no one cares. The only issue I have is, I think, in fairness, Wales-Austria shouldn't have gone ahead when it did. And I'll tell you for why. So, I don't know if you watch much of it, but Gareth Bale, after about an hour, was absolutely fucked. Like, excuse my language. Like, Every muscle you could tell he was pulling up a lot because he's hardly played any football. Mm. So if you had it where he's played on the uh, the Thursday night in a semi-final and then plays again on the Tuesday, I think he would struggle like to be fit enough to do it. So I think that gives him a big advantage. I really do. Um, it, it's weird ahead, as well no, because I, you could have some players that would have been available now for Scotland, Wales, whoever, <clears> that now might not be come June because of injuries or whatever. So I, I, think, I, I, I think all the games should have been played in that June window. I don't, I mean, I don't think our game will go ahead in June. Um, I don't, I, as I say, I just think we're a good team and I, because it's funny because you look at like a Wales and you go, they've got Bale and they've got Ramsey. But I think man for man, we're a better team than them, right? Oh yeah, in a combined team, there'd be more Scotland players than yeah. Welsh players, and, and I think the, the only reason we wouldn't necessarily be favourites is because it's at the at Cardiff, and they've got a very good record there. Yeah, the crowd um, were phenomenal. They although what yeah. see once Austria pulled the goal back, that crowd went dead quiet. It got yeah. really nervy. Because they're, they're all rugby fans. Yeah, Wales were under the cosh for the the end of that game. So you turn the pressure up on them and they it's, would crack. It's, it's the home advantage and the bail factor. You know, if 
let's just say that game was in Glasgow and Bale wasn't available, you'd be looking at that going, oh, we should we should be uh, yeah. we should get through that. Um, yeah. You know, you, you're you're moving to the point where it would be a massive disappointment not to beat them. Um, but you stick Bale in there, you play it in Cardiff, and it shifts. shifts I, I, it. I mean, I, I, I obviously I saw the goals. I didn't watch the game, but I think a lot of people were saying, but like before he hit the free kick, he was completely anonymous in the game. Like then, yeah. wasn't involved at all. Um, so no, I, look, I, I would be, I'm confident that if we play Ukraine and beat them, because that's a very tough game. Uh, I, I would fancy us to beat Wales down there. Of course, good old Boris Johnson this week saying maybe Ukraine should just advance to the, the World Cup, which would knock both Wales and Scotland out in one fell swoop. He's... It's, it's just oh, it's an idiotic thing. I mean, oh, I mean, what, what more do you expect from a fucking idiot? <laughs> it's, it's nice of him to, just to show he doesn't give a fuck about the, the rest of the UK. <sighs> But he then said, I don't know anything about football. Well, don't say anything. You don't <laughs> have to give an answer. Look, I, I, I think I think in the, you know, if Scotland lost to Ukraine, I think would everyone would be wanting Ukraine to beat Wales. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, yeah. There's, if, you we, could find, if you could find a way play of them. Scotland <laughs> playing Wales. Everyone in the world will want them to win, apart from us. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll walk around here in the Ukraine area with my Scotland top on, going "fuck yes." Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boo their national anthem. If there was a way to get them through, as a wee sympathy thing, and then Scotland played Wales for another spot, I, I would be fine with what, that. What would have been great is if Russia had won their group in qualifying, and then we could just oh. go. You're out, Ukraine's in. And yeah. Scotland, you get, you get a bye. I yeah. that'd been excellent. And got to obviously give a little shout out to my North Macedonian boys. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I had that game on, I had it on my phone. Because a little trick I learned here, because we have the zone over here, which I know we've got in the UK now, but mainly for boxing. So they've got the rights in Canada for like Premier League, Champions League, all that kind of stuff. In Germany, though, they have all the football games. So with a VPN, I can sign into the zone and I get all the games. Some of them are in German. Watching Italy, Macedonia in German commentary was a little weird. So I had that on my phone and then the Wales game finished. So I stuck it on the TV and I let out such a huge yell when Macedonia scored. We've got an Italian couple that live opposite us that we don't like, so <laughs> it's it's just it's, so gutting for them that 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 what doesn't give them qualification. They still have to go to Portugal and beat <laughs> Portugal. They were it's, sh- uh, it's, got, the game. it's got to be one of the biggest shocks, and it's funny because I think in my head I had this weird moment where I was thinking, ah, but Italy will beat them in the second leg. And you're like, oh, no, no, that's Italy out, like completely out. Yeah. Of course. And it's second crazy. World think, Cup. Yeah, crazy. Like, two World Cups in a row they've not qualified and then one yeah. the Euros in between. It's very yeah. bizarre. It's a bizarre world we live in. Italy's not going to the World Cup. Canada have scored. They're leading 1-0, which they only need a point today and they're going. There's so many Italian Canadians here. I put this in our group chat. They really look down at football in Canada. It's like, oh, we're we're European. You guys don't know what you're doing. Now Canada's going to a World Cup and they're not. 
Fucking hilarious. Yeah. Hopefully Scotland will be there as well. That's pretty much it for the show. Any final thoughts? Anything funny that you, you saw this weekend? Let's start with Gordon. Um, nothing spring at the mind. Was it like looking around the leagues? Uh, that's Kelty confirmed. Uh, yeah. They've won League Two. Um, I would. I'm not going to congratulate them for that. Um, I kind of want Dunfermline to go down now, so we've got oh, Dunfermline yeah. Kelty Derby because I fancy Kelty in that, and just to take the pars down another couple of pegs. It was it was nice to see that um, young Ukrainian guy score the winning goal. I got to admit. Uh, the young Ukrainian they've got on loan from St. Johnson. Uh, I listened to his interview on uh, the radio afterwards and, you know, it's been a tough time for him and his whole family are over and still over in Ukraine and stuff. So it was really nice to see him get the winning goal, but, um, you know, I'm not not happy for Kelty and I'm not going to congratulate them. You bought the league. Well done. (laughs) Is there not a big party quite uh, relieved that we don't have to play them, though? Yes, very much. Like, yeah, it, it, it's it's like the days when Wraith first came down. I'm like, oh, you know, there's a little bit of excitement because it's it's your main rivals and you hate them, but they're like, oh, we're gonna get beat here again. Oh, we'd, just, we'd get scudded four times by them next year because they'll just go out and sign a new a new half a team. Yeah, they're even back. better than what they've got now. Yeah, I, my, my uh, only. Semi-amusing thing was that for the second week in a row, Rafe lost uh, two late goals or two goals to to, to not yeah, be our goal. Yeah, was, yeah, after doing the show last week, I thought, I've got to watch the highlights for that. That was comedy gold. I really recommend if anyone hasn't watched Inverness, Cali's comeback. Oh, that was, was beautiful. <laughs> I, I saw as well that because um, I was like, talking about it with my dad on the way back in the car, and we were just like, "Oh, imagine how raging John McGlynn will be after that game." And uh, I'd saw it confirmed that he did get a red card after the after the final whistle in the Cali game. So that was good. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that is it for this week's show. Hope you've enjoyed it. It's much better without Lee, isn't it? Let us know anything that you thought about East Fife, anything that we've talked about. Get in touch on the socials at Glory Days of Gold on Twitter, glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. You can get in touch with me at AFTN Canada and at Lee, Lee G1903, I think he is. If not, just message that guy anyway. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And who knows? Maybe we will get a surprise result against Airdrie next week and we'll be back on the bandwagon, thinking of staying up. No, I was trying to end positively. I will. Till next time, on the Fife! Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait those broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once